Once again, radio listeners, and welcome to the JVTC Radio Half Hour. On tonight's broadcast, the extraordinary adventures of Arsène Lupin continues with the second installment, Arsène Lupin in Prison. We last left our gentleman burglar on the shores of Manhattan, where he had been collared by the inimitable inspector Justin Ganimard. Now, we pick up our story along the banks of the Seine in his native France, at a most peculiar installation, the Castle of the Malachis. Nestled atop a rock midstream, the curious building is home to Baron Nathan Cahorn, otherwise known as Baron Satan, amongst his enemies, one of whom will soon be Arsène Lupin. Is that you, postman? I'm afraid my eyes have started to fail me. Indeed, monsieur. And now, not another in my cotton blouse. One can never be too careful these days. But did you not hear? Detective Ganemar has apprehended Arsène Lupin in New York. Your priceless paintings and antiques have never been more, more safe. So they say. Although... Yes? I have a special letter for you, sir. Oh? Give it here, then. Of course, your signature, sir. A letter. Hmm. By registered mail, too. How odd. <gasps> but look at the postmark. Prison de la Santé, Paris. Are you all right, sir? Your hand shakes. Please read it to me, although I sense I know from whom it came. Yes, sir. It says, Monsieur Le Baron, in the gallery that connects your two drawing rooms, there is a picture by Philippe de Champagne, an excellent piece of work, which I admire greatly. I also like your Ruben pictures and the smaller of your two photos in the drawing room on the right. I know the Louis, Louis XIII presence table, the Bouvard tapestry, the Empire, the Empire stand, signed by Jacob, and the Renaissance chest in the room on the left, the whole of the case of trinkets and miniatures. This time, I will be satisfied with these objects, which I think can, easily, can be easily turned into cash. I will therefore ask you to have them properly packaged and sent them to my name. Carriage paid to the Gare Batonneau on, on or before this date, failing which I will myself see to their removal on the night of Wednesday the 27th. In the later case, as is only the fair, I shall not be content with objects above mentioned objects. Pray excuse to the trouble which I am going giving you and believe me but to be yours truly this is lunacy. There's a postscript. Of course there is. Well, you might as well read it. P.S. Be sure not to send me the larger of the two, Otto. Although you paid the 30,000 francs for it in, in the, at the sale, 
rooms, it is only copy. Oh, how I wish my eyes were blind to you this morning, so I'd never have to receive this insult. The sheer tenacity of whoever wrote this. You believe it is an impersonation? A joke? And a twisted one at that. As you said, Lupin is under lock and key in La Santé, and as you well know, my home is located mid-river. It's impenetrable unless one traverses this bridge to reach my door. And yet... How does the writer of this threat know the contents of my chamber so well? Who has informed him as well as the exact location of things only known to me? Ah, I shall write the public prosecutor at Rouen to confirm that Lupin is not the author of this letter. And think no further of such an absurd jape. And I shall be happy to divert the toilet directly to him, sir. Monsieur le Baron. What is it, Bertha? Can't you see I'm busy, you silly girl? Yes, sir. But I thought you'd like to know you have a visitor. I'm not interested in seeing anyone. It is the chief inspector, sir. Chief inspector? Yes, yes, sir. Send him in directly. Yes, sir. Chief Inspector, I assume your presence here is in response to my letter from last week about Lupin's threat. It is, and I felt it only right to come by foot and reassure you in person that, after looking into it, Arsène Lupin is indeed in La Santé under constant observation. Further, he does not have permission to write. But this is Lupin. One never knows the tricks he has in his repertoire. Oh, rightly, sir. Therefore, to make quite sure, I have enlisted the expertise of a handwriting expert, who seconds that, with a few exceptions of resemblance, the missive in question is not the penmanship of Lupin. This will uh, hopefully put an end to your fears. A few exceptions of resemblance? <laughs> I've been abandoned by the police of my country. You are mistaken in your assumptions, sir. But we cannot take action with such unmistakable certainty to the contrary. Have you uh, considered informing your staff of this news? I shall do no such thing. That would be a sign of weakness on my part, and who knows if they're in cahoots somehow with the criminal. Why, to show them my hand. Uh, very well. There may be yet another option. Yes. What is it? Go on, man. You may be interested to know that Detective Justin Ganimard is now on a short fishing holiday in Quebec. Ganimard? The illustrious sleuth who apprehended Lupin in New York? The very same. Perhaps he might be able to provide you the service and peace of mind that you say your country's police cannot. I shall set out immediately. Bertha! Yes, sir? Prepare my carriage and driver uh, to take me to Cotterback at this very moment. It will be done. I must now ask you to leave, Inspector, as I trust no one but myself to the valuables contained here. I hope your walk back is pleasant, knowing you have done much to recommend your office. I am ever your humble servant, Monsieur LeBel.
Are you the renowned detective Justin Ganamod? Tight-lipped, eh? Well, if you are Ganamod, you are not at all what I imagined. You are a queer specimen in that frock coat and a straw hat. It's as though you're hiding your appearance. It was my hope to not be recognized or disturbed on my holiday. A trifle testy as well, I see. What is the reason for your inquiry into my personage, Monsieur Le Baron? So you know of me? I should not be surprised. I do cut quite a striking image, and my reputation is well known over France. There is truth in that statement. Yes, well, I have received a letter from Arsène Lupin informing me on the 27th of this month he intends to pilfer several priceless artifacts from my home. The 27th? Why, that's tomorrow. Indeed. And just now, as I entered town, I retrieved my latest mail and found yet another communication from him, simply saying, get everything ready. Impossible. Lupin is in La Santé by my very own hand. Even if that were not the case, it is very unusual for criminals to warn the people whom they intend to rob. Suppose he escapes. Ha! No one can escape La Santé. But Arsène Lupin... Is just a man like any other. Still... Then I shall apprehend him again. Now our conversation is at an end. Sleep soundly and stop disturbing my fish. Good day, sir. Why do you linger? You don't really expect me to trouble myself with this stupid business, do you? What fee will you take to spend tomorrow evening at my castle? Not a penny. Now go away. I am a very wealthy man. Name your price, and it shall be yours. I am here on holiday. I have every right. No one shall know. I will remain silent, no matter what happens. Nothing will happen. But I can see I will not be able to squash this insipid idea of yours without agreeing to it. I will take 3,000 francs. Very good. We are agreed, then. I will tell you that you're throwing your money away. Do you trust your servants? Not a one of them. I thought as much. Therefore, I will wire to two of my own men to make us feel safer. Now, please leave. We must not be seen together. Expect me tomorrow evening at nine o'clock. We shall stop Lupin in his tracks, whatever dastardly plan he has conceived. Say, here's how to make breakfast as exciting as a circus and a three-day rodeo rolled into one. Shredded, roasting for your breakfast, start the day off shining bright. Gives you lots of cowboy energy with a flavor that's just right. It's delicious and nutritious, bite-sized and ready to eat. Take a tip from Tom, go and tell your mom, shredded roasting, can't be beat. For better breakfasts, it's Ralston. One, two, three. Shredded Ralston, the ready-to-eat bite-sized cereal, regular Ralston and instant Ralston, the delicious hot cereals. Look for these whole-grain cereals in the red and white checkerboard packages. For better breakfasts, it's Ralston. One, two, three. Sir, what are you doing with your trophies and pistols? 
Never you mind, Bertha. You wouldn't understand. If you'll need help relocating these items, I would be happy to help you. Bertha, don't trouble your pretty mind any further with my comings and goings, and tell the rest of the staff they are dismissed for the evening. But, sir, it's only half past eight. So you can tell time, then. I hope that doesn't mean you'll next request a pay raise. Now, please, leave me to my endeavors. Yes, sir. I hope you have a very rewarding evening. Yes, this should do just fine. Let's see Lupin try his best now. Bertha, the door! Oh, yes, of course. Ganimard. Monsieur Le Baron, these here are two of my most trusted assistants. How do you do? Ah, the silent and strong type. Very well. Come in, come in. We'd first like to conduct a tour of the place, know what we're protecting exactly. Uh, shut up and barricade any rooms that could be entered, you understand. That has all been done already. You will reside here in this room for the duration. This people here. It looks out onto the bridge and court, but what of this well? An underground passage, I assume? Indeed, but it has been stopped up since the memory of man. Then, unless there is another outlet, unknown to any but Lupin. Which there is not. Then we can be easy in our minds. No nonsense, you understand. You're not here to sleep. At the least sound, open the windows in the court and call me. And keep a lookout also on the waterside. Thirty feet of steep cliff doesn't frighten scoundrels off that stamp. You can be confident, sir, that I am eager to build another story to the house in which I plan to end my days, thanks to this elementary pursuit of ours. I shall tell the story to Lupin, who will split his sides with laughter. <laughs> Let the game begin. Ganimard! Hmm? Do you hear that? Yes, it is the sound of my snoring. No, listen. Oh, yes. It is a motor horn. Well? Well, what? Lupin would need to use the car as a battering ram to gain entrance, which is highly unlikely. Thus being so, I should encourage you to go to sleep, as I shall do once more. Good night. <laughs> yes, I suppose. What did I tell you, monsieur? I really ought not to have accepted. I feel ashamed of myself. What in the name of all the- There. Gone. The pictures! The credence table. Nothing but bent nails and bear cords. And my Louis the Sixteenth sconces. And what's this? 
the Regency chandelier? But, but... How is this possible? There is not an unbolted window, not a door that has been touched until just now. No crack in the ceiling, no hole in the floor. Explain this to me. Arsène Lupin. Yet your men sleep on. What is this mockery? They do not sleep. Are they? No, they live, but they have been drugged. Likely that pitcher of water over there. Drugged? But whoever by? Uh, Lupin, of course. Or someone in his gang. I recognize his handiwork quite clearly. Yet you do not look for clues? Why, at this very moment, you might discover something. Discover something from Lupin, my dear sir. Arsène Lupin never leaves anything behind. I'm beginning to wonder if he got himself arrested of his own free will in America. But I must get them back. Let him name his price. That's a sound notion, but do you stick to it? Yes. Yes. Yes! Then I have an idea. But let us not talk of it unless nothing comes of my inquiry. It is of utmost importance that you do not mention me, not to a soul, if you wish to succeed. I shall immediately lodge a complaint against Arsène Lupin for aggravated larceny. What a tragedy! If I had known that filing a complaint against Lupin would mean the Malachis would be taken over by so many gendarmes, the public prosecutor, the judge even, why, why I very nearly regret laying this information at their feet. Today's newspaper, sir. Stupid girl! Don't you see I have more important things to concern myself with than the simple goings-on in this infernal village? Of course, Monsieur Le Baron. But I thought you might like to see the story on the front page. Whatever for? It appears a letter was published from Arsène Lupin to you, warning you of his stealing several priceless pieces of art from the Malachi. Several suggestions are made as to how he did it. Did you know there are underground tunnels here? I had no idea. Now you and the whole of France knows Lupin has ruined me. Completely ruined me. Monsieur Le Baron. What is it, Chief Inspector? My men, along with several bloodhounds loaned to us by Monsieur Duidon, have searched the entirety of the Malachi. And done and a bang-up job of it, I see. And have found no trace of either tunnel or secret passage from which Lupin could have entered or exited with the treasure in tow. But things just don't merely vanish like ghosts. They are taken through windows or doors by people who are carrying them. Certainly. Therefore... I have sent for an expert in the field to hopefully assist us in this puzzling crime. He shall be joining me shortly at the station. Very well. Unless he is Lupin himself, I, I have very little hope in your expert. He may not be Lupin, but he is the second best thing to him. Oh? And who might that be? Why, I'm sure you are aware of him. He's none other than Justin Ganimard. Was it Professor Plum in the library with the lead pipe? Or Miss Peacock in the kitchen with the rope? Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company invites you to Clue, the stay-at-home edition. 
based on the cult classic film and the family favorite board game. Clue streams online on March 19th and 20th, and now you can get in the game by visiting www.jakespearvtc.com slash clue for more information and tickets. So, what say you, Ganimard? Who could have pulled off a heist that so closely resembles the work of Arsène Lupin? Why, Lupin himself. <laughs> Come, Ganimard. This is absurd. Lupin is in prison. Yes, he is. Under supervision, too. But even if he had his wrists and legs shackled and his mouth gagged, I would still be of the same opinion. Why so persistent? Simply because no one else could have contrived and carried out such a feat. And be successful at it. What is it you would have us do, Ganimard? Let me spend an hour with Lupin in his cell. You jest! <laughs> we were on excellent terms during the crossing from America. And I venture to think that he is not without friendly feeling for the man who arrested him. If he can tell me what I want to know without compromising himself, he will be quite willing to spare me an unnecessary journey. Very well, detective. I am but a simple county inspector and should not question your methods, despite their seething madness. However, I remind you again that I have it on good authority that Lupin has been under constant surveillance since entering La Santé. I should be very surprised if he is the mastermind behind all of this. <laughs> then you have become one more victim to fall into his cunning trap. Lupin! What is this? Do my eyes deceive me in this dismal light I have chosen to spend time in? Is it my dear friend Justin Ganimard? Himself. I have hoped for many things in this self-imposed dungeon, but none more than seeing you again. Oh, you are too good. No, it is you who are to be commended. I have said it a thousand times. Ganimard is our greatest detective. He's almost... See how frank I am? Almost as clever as Sherlock Holmes. But really, I'm awfully sorry to have nothing better than this stool to offer you. And not a drink of any kind. Now, do forgive me, I am only just passing through town, you see. By Jove, what a treat to see a decent man's face. I am sick of the look of all these spies who go through my cell and my pockets ten times a day to make sure I'm not planning an escape. God. How fun the government must be of me. They show their judgment. If only they let me live my life in peace. On their dime. Just so. Uh, but I'm running my mouth. Tell me, dear friend, to what do I owe the honor of your visit? The Cahorn case. Cahorn, you say? Oh, I have so many to sort through. Hmm, let me see. Uh, two Rubens, a voiture, some minor trifles, yes? Trifles? Oh, yes. That is of very little importance. 
However, you're interested in this case, and that's enough for me. But may I see from one trend to another that according to the morning papers, you're not making much progress in the case. Then that is why I've come to throw myself at your kindness. I am entirely at your service. First of all, was this thing done by you? From start to finish. The registered letter too? I should have the receipt from it somewhere here. Mm. Ah, here it is. And here I thought you were under constant supervision. But you have newspapers and post office receipts. Bah, those men are such fools. They rip up the lining of my waistcoat, explore the soles of my boots, listen at the walls of my cell. But not one of them would believe that Arsène Lupin could be such a fool as to not choose so obvious a hiding place. That's just what I reckoned on. What a funny gent you are. Come, tell me the story. So fast, Ganimard. Tell me, did you like my letter to the bell? I think you wanted to have some fun. Tickled the gallery a bit. Upon my word, Ganimard, I gave you credit for more sense. Do you really imagine that I, Arsène Lupin, waste my time with such childish pranks as that? Is it likely that I should have written the letter if I could have rifled the Baron without it? You try and understand that the letter was the indispensable starting point. The main spring that set the whole machine in motion. Look here, let us proceed together in order, if you like, and prepare the Malachy burglary together. Very well. Now see here, we have an impregnable castle. Am I to forego the game and give up the prizes I covet because the castle just so happens to be inaccessible? No, clearly not. Am I to carry it out as in the old days as the leader of a band of adventurers? That would be childish. <laughs> Am I to enter it by stealth? Oh, impossible. Then what way is left to me? Well, to be invited in by the owner. An original idea. <laughs> and so easy. Imagine that one day the master of the house receives a letter warning him of a plot by a notorious housebreaker, one Arsène Lupin. What is he to do? I'll send the letter to the public prosecutor, I should think. Who will laugh at him because Lupin is under lock and key. So what will the frantic owner do next? Accept the first help he is given. Whereupon he learns that an esteemed detective is on holiday nearby. One who first declines the job, as is his manner, but finally accepts. Oh, this is becoming more and more original. The friend aforesaid accepts and brings with him two chaps of our gang, who during the night, while Cajon is kept at bay by his seeming protector, remove a certain number of things through the window and lower them with ropes into a bulge freighted for the purpose. It's as simple as, well, me. <laughs> but I should hardly think there is a detective so well known to attract the Baron's attention. Ah, but there is one. Who? The most illustrious of them all. The sworn enemy of Arsène Lupin. In short, you, Detective Ganimard. 
What? Myself? You are not one for the public eye, Ganimal. And even so, the eyes of Sebelin are weak with age. With proper costuming and a slight alteration to one's voice, you are easily imitated. Therefore, I can install one of my ablest actor friends to take up residence in my Codebec apartment and let it be known that he is the elusive Justin Ganimal. Then that means... You are that... already ahead of me. That you should go to the Baron, you would have to arrest yourself. <laughs> uh, being a prisoner of note has allowed me to enjoy the meals of a neighboring restaurant. I would be happy to share this bounty with you. Uh, I feel sick. But that's easy, my friend. The Cajon case is about to be withdrawn. Nonsense. I've just left the office of the county inspector. And I have just now received a telegram to the contrary. Shall I read it to you? You're poking fun at me, Lupin. Observe as I break this egg. Sacre bleu. The egg is empty, save for that slip of paper. You see, Ganymald, uh, pardon me, the sham Ganymald struck a private deal with the Baron that... Should his items be returned to him, a hefty reward would be paid. This message here tells me that the arrangement is now settled for 100,000 spondylux. And the Baron has withdrawn his case. 100,000 spondylux? Yes. It is not much, I know. But these are hard times. And if you knew my budget... <laughs> oh, do not look so downtrodden, Ganymald. I had to do something to amuse myself in my spare time, especially since it could only have worked while I was in prison. What? Is your upcoming trial, defense and sentencing, not enough entertainment for you? No, I shall not be uh, attending my trial. <laughs> I say. My, my dear fellow, you surely don't think I'm into rot in jail. The mere suggestion is an insult. Let me tell you that Arsène Lupin remains in prison as long as he thinks fit and not a moment longer. It might have been wiser never to enter in the first place. You're chafing me, Sarah. We lead such a feverish existence nowadays. It's a good thing to take a rest cure from time to time. And there's no place for it like this. They carry out the cure in all its strictness at the Santé. <laughs> <laughs> You are too much, Arsène Lupin. Today is Friday. On Wednesday next, I will come smoke a cigar with you in the Rue Peglese at four o'clock in the afternoon. Arsène Lupin, I shall expect you. Thus, Detective Justin Ganimard is once more outwitted by his friend and foe, Arsène Lupin. Will the gentleman burglar continue his streak of crimes by escaping the Sante and making the appointed meeting with Ganymard? What other tricks does Lupin have up his sleeve? Join us again next time for the JVTC Radio Half Hour as we continue the extraordinary adventures of Arsène Lupin. Arsène Lupin in Prison was adapted, edited, and directed by Jake Lewis and featured the voice talents of Stephanie Wolfe as the announcer, Patrick Murphy as Baron Cahorn, Julie Butters as Bertha, James Andrew Tott as the Postman, Anand Sitaram 
as the police inspector, Derek Delfino as the imposter Ganimard, Mark O'Donnell as Ganimard, and Sven Weiberg as Arsene Lupin. The theme song was composed by John Bartman, and all sound effects were located in the public domain. Join us again next month for the third episode of The Extraordinary Adventures of Arsene Lupin, presented by Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company at www.jakespearevtc.com. <laughs>